Hey guys, welcome back to the Sports Podcast. <clears throat> I'm your host for today, Justin Roman. And guys, today, um, well, first of all, I hope you guys are having a, uh, a, um, a calming, uh, and good and breathtaking afternoon. I know I am. And guys, let's talk some football. So guys, today um, <clears throat> um, I'm excited because I'm going to uh, talk about the five higher priced edge free age, edge rushers that will be a free agency that the Giants could pursue. So here we go. Um, look, look at the the relatively recent success of the New York Giants was predicated on pressuring the quarterback and winning the trenches. You know, names like the great Michael Strahan, Justin Tuck, O.C. Amura, all come to the forefront to all <clears throat> of our minds as we remence with bliss on what on what once was. There was also a glimmer of hope in 2016 with Jason Pierre-Paul and Olivier Vernon manning the Giants' pass rush, but that was short-lived. The more recent history hasn't been so kind to Big Blue. Injuries, draft busts, and JAG players have reduced the effectiveness of a once potent and feared positional group. The Giants had a double-digit sack player in 2020, but it was only defense. That was only defense lineman Leonard Williams who accomplished, who accomplished 11.5 sacks. After Williams, both Dexter Lawrence and Kyle Fackrell were tied with four 4.0 sacks. One, a defense lineman; the other, now a free agent. The Giants finished with 40 total sacks in 2020. Behind the behind Fackrell, the next most sacks from edge from edge players were Marcus Golden and Jabal Sheard, at only 1.5 sacks. The circumstances with the injuries to Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Ximenez must be factored into this reality. You have to understand injuries can be devastating, but this is a team that is still constantly. This is a team that that still constantly struggles to win, especially on the edge uh, edge position. And there have been talks about upgrading the position for years. The Giants have some interesting cap decisions that must, that must be made in the next few weeks because if you guys haven't known, if you guys don't know, we're, we're not that far away from, uh, from uh, the free agent period to, uh, to begin. You know, free agency starts... On March 9th, you know, where teams have a chance to franchise tag or trade or or somehow, um, you know, release players. So, look, the fate of Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson have to be determined, you know, as does the retention of Golden Tate, Kevin Zeitler and Nate Soldier. Restructuring of contracts could open up immediate money as well. So the cap is manuverable to a point. But anyways, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the five players from my from my uh football from my football 
perspective. You know, these five players, I think they will be a great fit for Patrick Graham's defense. So let's get into it. Okay, guys, and number one, um, this guy, this man, not it's not new. We've heard him. We've heard him uh, in the Giants talk before of him playing for the Giants as their edge rusher, and that and I think the Giants have a chance to go after him this uh, offseason. I think that's Shaq Barrett from the Tampa Bay uh, from the Tampa Bay. Uh, I can't talk right now from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And here, why you gonna ask me? If you could ask me, Justin, why would the Giants go after Barrett? Well, look, Barrett was franchise tagged by the Buccaneers heading into 2020. He's totaled 27.5 sacks over the past two seasons and had eight sacks in 2020 in the regular season. While recording a sack in the Super Bowl and three in the conference championship game, Barrett was linked to the Giants last offseason and is now available once again. Barrett has 41.5 sacks and 50 and 55 tackles for a loss in his career. Before arriving in Tampa Bay, Barrett was a situational pass rusher for the Broncos behind Von Miller and Demarcus Ware. He's been nothing short of excellent in his two seasons in Tampa Bay. He's a six foot two, 250 pound pass rusher who was who has twitch, who has explosiveness, who has bend, and who has a lot of different pass rushing moves. Barrett still. Shaq Barrett, he's still young. He's only 28 years old and is looking to capitalize on another big contract. The 1998 uh, 10 in the Super Bowl, uh, 98, um, never mind, the 98 pressures he earned in 2020 would be welcomed by the Giants. Which he, he had 10 of, he had 10 pressures on Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Just to let you know. So, yeah. Okay, guys, um, I think the second edge rusher, I think that would be a great fit for the Giants. I th- I'm going to say Carl Lawson from the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, Lawson fell to the fourth round of the 2017 NFL draft because he had a lot of injuries that many NFL teams feared. His hip was a major concern and he had other lower body elements. The Bengals were rewarded with a very good uh, with a very good football player. On day three, and it didn't take long for Lawson to impose his will on the league. Lawson had 8.5 sacks in his rookie season while pressuring the quarterback 59 times. According to Pro Football Focus, Lawson plays with, to me, Lawson plays with excellent leverage. He has a great, he has a great long arm and hump move that he employs while also flashing a crafty use of hands. He's tech, he's technically proficient with how to win as a pass rusher. Lawson, I think Lawson can bend well through contra- through contra- uh, contact and has the bounce, or you could say center, of gravity to dip around the top of the arc and corner. He's got good explosiveness, and he's still only 25 years old. Combining Lawson and Leonard Williams with Patrick Graham would make a very interesting pass rush duo in two completely different, ma- in total, in two Total, completely different molds, you know? So, yeah. Guys, the third. uh, So, guys, anyways, now on to the third pass rusher. And, like I said, this guy 
not new. He's also a he's also a a, a New York native, you know. He's actually been a Giants fan when he was a little kid. And that's Hassan Reddick from the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. Look, the best game uh, Hassan Reddick had in 2020 was against the Giants, where he recorded five sacks on seven pressures. The guy was playing out of his mind. But it wasn't just that one game. As he finished the season with 12.5 sacks and 56 pressures in his new role as more of an edge player. The Cardinals went through several coaching staff during Reddick's short tenure in the league. He's shown the ability to be an ad- adequate off-ball linebacker, but he really stepped up as an edge player in 2020. Reddick fits the versatile, fluid Patrick Graham mold of defense. He can line up in multiple alignments and execute different types of assignments. He's been asked. He's been asked to cover. He's played in the box as an adequate run defender, but he made a home for himself at, at, at the edge rusher position in Vance Joseph's defense. He really seized the attention of the league after Chandler Jones suffered a season after uh, Chandler Jones suffered a season-ending injury in Week Five. Reddick is only he's only 26 years old, and he still has room to grow as a pass rusher. For he's relatively new to the position as a full-time player. New York needs to upgrade the position group, and Reddick makes sense. But the money can't be too extreme for a player who only has one quality year at the edge rusher position under his belt. So yeah. So guys, the number. F- so guys, yeah. And guys, the fourth uh, player at the edge rusher position, that I think. Could be a great fit for the Giants. And I, I wouldn't mind if, if this man comes to the Giants. I say the Giants should look at Bud Dupree from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And here's why Dupree had an excellent 2019 campaign after starting the first few weeks of his career in a slow manner. This prompted Pittsburgh to franchise tag Dupree and the pass rusher was having another great season before suffering an ACL tear in week 12. Pittsburgh is now in a bit of a Pittsburgh they're now they're now in a bit of a quandary. Now if you're gonna ask me Justin, do they do the Giants if you're gonna ask me Justin, do the Steelers franchise tag him again with that cap number rising and the overall salary cap situation declining? Well look it. Finding talented pass rushers on cheaper uh proven deals was once thought to be difficult. But James Dion Clowney signed one uh signed approve a deal last offseason with the Titans and it didn't exactly work out for him or even or for the Titans however Bud Dupree could be a different case he should be ready by the start of the season and his 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 developmental curve was ascending exponentially before his injury the pre-recorded 11.5 sacks and 51 pressures in 2019 while sacking the quarterback nine times with 42 pressures in 11 games. He, he's not, to me, he's not as technically developed as some of the other pass rushers that I put on this list, but he's explosive. He has excellent short area quickness. And is one of the better backside defenders in the league. 
Now, if you're going to ask me this question, will that burst be lost due to injury? Look it, I'm a, it's possible. It's possible. But a low risk incentive based contract for Dupree could be a wise move. His presence would certainly help uh, both the run and pass rushing portions of the Giants defense. And guys, number five, I have Matthew Judon from the Baltimore Ravens. And here's why, look, an important contributor in Week Marindale's heavy pressure scheme of the Baltimore Ravens, Judon is 6'3", weighing at 261 pounds, has, has heavy hands, and brings power rushing elements to the defense, while also being a solid run defender who can drop in space when asked. Judon, much like Shaq Barrett, was franchise tagged in 2020. Judon now, Matthew Judon now hits uh, the market as a 7-sack, 46-pressure type of a player. He's not the bendiest for twitchiest pass rusher, and he's, and he's going to be 29 years old when the season starts. But I can see his, util- I can see his utilization with Patrick Graham being effective. Judon would be an immediate upgrade. To any of the players in the Califacro role, I don't think the Giants are positioned to invest big money into a player like Judon, but his name should still be mentioned. So yeah, guys, those are my five higher priced edge of free agents that the Giants could pursue in this year's offseason, you know? So yeah, guys, uh, let me know how, how do you guys feel about the list. Do you guys think there should be more... Do you guys think I should take out some of those guys and add someone else for their place or what? Or do you guys think that list is perfect? So, yeah. So, guys, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowgirls, whatever you can say. Well, what the, I don't know what you call this team. The Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys, whatever, whatever. Hey, you guys heard, um, you heard, you heard the Washington football team might be coming with a new nickname. Thank God. I hate, I hate, I hate, uh, the name Washington football team. That name is so random. But anyways, guys, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. So guys, um, guys, there's a report. Guys, um, there was a report today, um, by, um, there was a report today by ESPN, and this is, this is, this was a, uh, this was a latest health report on Dak Prescott, and RJ Oka, uh, he was talking about something that, um, that every quarterback should be focusing when you're coming off a down year, especially when you're hurt. He was talking about Dak Prescott uh, following the path to recovery. So obviously, Dak is trying to stay healthy. It's good. Uh, my thoughts on this, look. Look it. It has been a very long time since, since not just Cowboys fans, but other fans saw Dak Prescott play football for the Dallas Cowboys. Week 5 of the 2020 season feels like so long ago. Since then, we have... Since then, everyone has seen Andy Dalton, Ben DiNucci, and Garrett Gilbert all command what many thought would be one of the best offenses in the National Football League. At times, it was right. Other moments were worth forgetting. 
The status of Dak Prescott has been one of the great intrigue this offseason, as it is the third in a row in which he and the Cowboys can come to terms on a long-term deal. Spoiler alert, they haven't done so to date. <laughs> many, obviously many are worried about Dak's physical condition given the gruesome. Sorry guys, I freaking choked on my spit. Like I was saying, many people are worried about Dak Prescott's physical condition given the gruesome ankle injury that he suffered against the Giants, you know? So look it, I understand. It's a difficult, you know, it is difficult to make a lot. It's a lot out of one photo, but certainly it's not a bad thing to see Dak having his ankle worked on in any cap city. All all reports to this point, including the second surgery that Prescott had, suggest that he is on a trajectory towards a full recovery which is really good, really good, it's really good. Either or not, Dak's health is a factor in his contract negotiations. It's obviously something that only the people on either side of the negotiating table know. It stands to reason that it would be, but if if Dak is really going to return to full form, it should hopefully not be too big of a snag, you know? So, I just think that if Dak comes back fully healthy, he should leave. Because, and I understand, the Cowboys, they need to fix that O-line. And guys, tomorrow, I'm actually going to talk about uh, the Cowboys' offensive line. And see what they're doing to the offensive line. Because if, you're, if you really want to re-sign Dak, you got to make sure that he's good. You got to make sure he's healthy. Got to make sure that he's that he that that he's ready to go for uh, next season. You can't just be like, okay, we're gonna sign Dak because he's healthy, and yeah, no, you gotta make sure that he's fine. You gotta make sure that he's safe. By me saying that is giving giving him a good offense line. I have nothing. I have nothing to say about the uh, the wide receiving core. I think the Cowboys have a really good receiving core. You have C.D. Lamb. You have Amari Cooper. You have Michael Gallup. Now. I have nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. If you just fix your own line, and if I see better play calling, you know, see, look how, look how nice of a guy I am. I'm, I'm nice enough to actually explain to the things that the, that the Dallas Cowboys really need and what Cowboys fans are expecting. So that's all I guess, I, that's all I got to say about that. But I'm really, I'm really... I'm really happy that that Dak is on the path to recovery, getting that ankle fixed up, you know, staying healthy, you know, it's a good thing. That's what you want to hear. That's what you want to hear in your franchise quarterback, you know. So good. It's really good for Dak. Okay, guys, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. And guys, um, look, you guys heard, you guys probably, I'm hoping you guys heard of what I said about Nick Sirianni, believing in Jalen Hurts and believing that 
this that Hurts can succeed in this Eagles offense for next season. You know, not only that, not only that, I've been talking about that, but there was a report, you know, by um uh, Brandon Lee Gowton. This man literally went on on live media and projected that Hertz will be a top ten quarterback. What? Look at for pe- for Eagles fans, especially especially for people that write for the for the Philadelphia uh, Gridiron a newspaper or ESPN. As much as I like Jalen Hurts, as much as I, and don't get me wrong, I'm gonna support this kid. You know, I don't think he's a top ten quarterback. You know, he's really young. You know, and there's no way in hell that he is going to, that he's going to succeed behind a real bit of rebuilding offense. Look it. Here's my thoughts on this. Do I think Hurts is a top 10 quarterback? Look, Hurts only scored 19.3, 37.8, 18.6, and 16.3 points in his first four starts last season after the Philadelphia's, after the Eagles season was a lost of, was a lost cause. His 272 rushing yards in those set, in those, in those starts were second in league history for a quarterback, you know, over his first over his first career four starts behind Lamar Jackson, Hertz was last in the league in completion rate through 52%, but also but also was last in expected completion rate 55.5% according to NFL Next Gen stats. Despite that, he still led all rookie passers in yards per pass attempt, which was 7.7 yards, you know, from a clean pocket. If the Eagles can somehow commit to Hurts for a season, he joins the high floor group aided by rushing production with the upside of crashing a ceiling. Should he improve from a passing stance? Yeah, but like I said, Hurt Jalen Hurts, he didn't his pass his passing percentage wasn't his passing rate wasn't that good. He only threw 52%. That's not good, you know? So, I understand, you know, obviously, the Eagles need to fix that O-line. Not only that, they need to fix that receiving core. You just lost Alshon Jeffrey. You're going to lose Zach Ertz. Don't know when, but you will end up losing him. You just lost uh, Deshaun Jackson, you know. So, you obviously have nothing but... you You obviously don't have nothing but backups on your receiving core. I like Travis Fulgham. I think he's a great receiver. You know? But that's the only good receiver you really have. You know? So, I just... I don't really see... Like I said, anything is possible in today's age of football. You know? A team can be so bad, you don't know... A team can be so bad, but you don't know what could happen. Look at the... Like, say for... Look at... For example, the Giants and Buccaneers. Everyone had the Buccaneers destroying the Giants. Every I I've been seeing crazy scoring predictions. Everyone had the Giants losing forty to three, 
like people didn't even have the Giants scoring a touchdown. And then the Giants barely lost. They only lost by two points. They lost 25 to 23. It's it was crazy, you know? Um, the Jaguars and the Packers. The Jaguars almost beat the Packers. So anything's possible in today's age of football, you know? The work like it's surprising, you know? So I just let's see what happens. I still, as much as I like Jalen Hurts, I still think he's young. I still think he's learning. I still think, obviously, the Eagles, they're end up, they will end up getting him a veteran, a backup quarterback from my projection, from my, from my point of football. I don't really see them going after another quarterback in this year's draft to challenge, to challenge Jalen Hurts, because that doesn't make sense. Why would, why do you have... If you have all your faith and you really believe in this kid, then why would you want to challenge him? That doesn't make sense. So, so let's see what happens. So, yeah. Okay, guys, let's talk about the Washington football team. Guys, there's nothing really to talk about Washington. You know, um, but yeah, guys, um, but yeah, I hope you guys like this podcast. Um, yeah, um, I'm gonna be doing another one tomorrow, you know. Um, you know, um, I'm gonna talk, maybe I'm gonna be um, mostly talking about baseball and and the NFL free agency because baseball. Looks like, looks like, looks like uh, spring training uh, will be starting. Um, so yeah. So, yeah. I hope you guys like this podcast, and you guys have a wonderful, calming, breathtaking, and relaxing day. I'll see you guys tomorrow.